TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of those listening to my voice right now, we'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Total Package, 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 Package Series. Hey, air horn, it's A-OK with me. Um, first and foremost, thank you for clicking listen or clicking download on that podcast device. Uh, of course, you're listening to your boy, Rans, a.k.a. Ray Cash. I am with my fellow Outsiders Edge OG, Mr. Carl Irvin. What's happening, brother? Oh, not much. It's me. It's me. Uh, I don't know. KME. Is no, that good? Bro, no, no? Okay. All right. Look, if we can do every single one of these where I say something just completely dumb and terrible, I'm here for it. Oh, do you not listen to Head Trauma? That's my entire goal. Of every single show I open up with the worst intro ever. It's Some kind of t- that's kind your of gimmick. Huh? That, that's your yeah. gimmick. I, I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, if it's one thing I'm good at, it's terrible content. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, so, once again, like I said, thank you for listening to this uh, next episode. We're actually going to get into to the good shit. Um. Last episode we left you guys with, we kind of broke down the origins of this Total Package series and then kind of explained to you how we're going to do it this time as opposed to the previous eras and gave you some honorable mentions just for you to kind of sit on and give you an idea of, well, who could possibly be above these people? Um, We're, we're going to start with Raw, the... I know many people say the flagship has changed to SmackDown now, but historically the flagship is Raw. Yeah, it um, is. The, the Monday night staple. And um, I got to be honest with you. First and foremost, I, a lot of our scores were drastically different. You were very harsh on the Raw roster with your scoring. And I also think that, crazy as it sounds, this might be the weakest group. You look at SmackDown and NXT, it might be the, the, weak, the weakest group of top tens. No, I would agree. Uh, just going off what I have, you know, looking at the same list you are, obviously, um, with the exception of, I think the top, uh, yeah, it's it's the week. It's a really good group still, but it's just, you know, I think Raw, a lot of people would agree, 
it's not it, it flounders a little bit it's not the a show right now um there's a lot of good talent i think three hours is, is still something that hurts people in terms of watchability uh, i don't watch the full three-hour show i know you do but i usually just watch the cut version um I, I don't know. I, I think that, and I think that part of that was intentional. I think that's a water, not watered down, but it's a weaker group because SmackDown was essentially promoted to be the big show because it's on the major network, you know. Sure. So it just kind of is what it is. I think the main event scene is a little is weaker overall, and we'll go through it, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I would agree with you, and I think normally doing this series, I would have, in if it was me. I probably would have said oh, we should start with NXT, you know, and like do the honorable mentions and then start with NXT because I don't watch NXT as much. But I don't feel I feel confident in saying that Raw is the right choice because it's probably the weakest group. Um, that's it's crazy when you think about it historically because Raw has been the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the the move to having a primetime slot on a broadcast network kind of changes the way you look at things. Mm-hmm. And NXT has always been the darling of the WWE because it's kind of existed on its own. It's not under the purview, the uh, very crazy purview of Vince McMahon. So the booking and, and stories are fleshed in and built a little differently there. Um, but I think Raw gets a, a bad rap. I think it is of the major three shows. I think it is the least good. I don't want to call it the worst, but I think right. it's at least good. I think it's a bad rap. We're going to run through this list, and got to be honest with you, man, I'm very, I'm very, very proud of the top 10. Um, I am shocked some people didn't uh, list higher. Uh, we mentioned Asuka uh, on the um, intro show. We mentioned Miz on the, intro, on the intro show. But let's delve into this number 10, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. I think, as a matter of fact, I think number 10 will probably be our most controversial, which makes sense just because he's he squeaked in, right? So actually technically tied with our number nine in terms of total average. But yeah, uh, I think this one will probably be the one that people are like, oh, you know, we mentioned the Miz and Naomi and MVP. Those guys, I think you could make an argument. Any of them could be where this person is. So. You could say that, but again, this person's had one of the most consistent years of any of the full-time talent. Yes, yes, agreed. Yeah. Um, and that man is the Celtic Warrior, Seamus, coming in at number 10. I gave Seamus a cumulative 86. Carl gave Seamus a cumulative um, 73, and that, uh, or, and that gives his average. A seven point nine five. Indeed. What you think, man? You so, long have said Seamus is one of your guys. You have been a Seamus Mark forever. Yeah, I am. I, I mean, I. And it's funny because when I was, I, I like Seamus now, obviously too. But in the beginning, it seems like when I was big into Seamus, a lot of people weren't crazy about him. Um, sure. I, I, I think a lot of that is because he was pushed fast and hard when he first came around. Um, and then that's fair. People don't like that. I don't care, but some people don't like it. Um, but one thing I really love about Seamus, especially now 
when, when you know his injury history and what he has done to kind of get himself to, to extend his career. I, I mm-hmm. really, I, it's very inspiring. I enjoy the fact that he has made it a point to do like his YouTube channel, right? Where he does the Celtic warrior workouts, but he, he does the other guys, big workouts. I really love that. I think that's really cool. Um, and you know, that was one of the reasons he got a, a decent score for me on media presence. Um, the only thing that I kind of heard him on was his look. And like I said, I was brutal on the raw roster. Uh, Seamus is unique in his look, but his look is still, to me, it's still kind of a little meh. Uh, he's okay. done some things over the years, you know, the Mohawk. And then right now he's kind of like, a, he reminds me of someone who bar hops a little bit, you know, I always prefer the classic Seamus, just like, you know, the Celtic guy with the, the red hair and it's not like changed the, and he just kicks the people's bigger ass. Hairstyle, the bigger yeah. hairstyle. Yeah. I, I, I prefer that version personally. Um, but when talking about Seamus, one of the things that I, that I am a big fan of with him is he has, I gave him a nine and now looking back, I probably should have given him a 10. That finishing move, man. I love that bro. Bro. And I, yes, yeah, I, I like his move set because he does, he is a big guy, but he doesn't necessarily tower over everybody. But when he's in the ring, he's intense. He's powerful. He beats the hell out of you. And I like guys, wrestlers in general, that beat the hell out of people. You know what I mean? And that bro, bro kick, and then, of course, any, he's got the white noise. He's got a lot of good moves. Like I feel like he's criminally underrated by a lot of people. Um, I'd agree with that. And I, I think that you see it. Like He doesn't have bad matches. You know, He just doesn't. Uh, in the ring, he's, he's got, he has good matches. And some people might say he's a little aggressive or I, I, people bitch about maybe he hurts people in the ring. I don't know if that's true or not. Shit happens. Um, but yeah, I think, I think 10 is a good spot looking at the list. Um, just like compare comparatively, um, you can, you can argue some of these other people maybe going over Seamus, maybe most notably the Miz maybe in my opinion, but yeah, I'm, I'm good with the placement here. I am too. Um, a lot of the reasoning being that Seamus is again, a massively underrated talent. What hurts Seamus, I think, to me, is that Seamus got too much too soon. Yeah. And so the perception of him was that the perception of him was kind of lost that oftentimes the way we perceive things is once you've reached that apex, after you've done with your apex, you're on the way down and then you're phasing your way out to legend status or phasing your way out of the business. Well, Seamus has wrestled almost 10 years since his apex. So, you know, it's, it's, Seamus is in that same kind of, uh, Miz, um, Dolph Ziggler group in that they've been there forever and they've reached the top of the mountain, but they're still there. And they just keep plodding along. And I think this feud with Drew McIntyre has reminded people that Seamus can be not only fantastic in the ring, but can be compelling as a character Uh and um, 
things outside of the ring. So mentioning some of the scores you gave him, I gave him a nine in his look, not only because he, he you know, he's physically in great shape, but he has a distinctive look. Yeah. You cannot see that guy and and not remember what you saw. Yeah, I was brutal um, on him on that. To be fair, I, I probably should have given done a little bit better there. That's fine. Um, I gave him an eight in in ring and specialty skill. I mean, a nine. I'm sorry, in both in ring and specialty skills because I think he's fantastic in the ring. I gave him like you. I gave him a ten for that bro kick. Um, I, I I really he didn't get lower than an eight in any score because I think across the board he is really good to great in almost everything. Um, I don't think he's the best, but I think he's, he is perfectly really good. Yeah. And that's about where number 10 would fall. I would think. Uh, he's a good hand, you know, like, I think that's kind of the, the way I look at it. And, and remember yeah, a good, a good hand is comes off a lot of the times that's what true we know now as like, <laughs> negative. But I know yeah, or like a like a Dolph Ziggler, right? He's a good hand. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a it's, it's like an insult almost. But I, I will I, know I, will, I will say about Sheamus before we move on to the number nine person. I will say with Sheamus, one thing that like for a while I felt like like you mentioned he reached that apex and he got to a certain point, and for but and then he kind of like I wouldn't say languish is the right word, but he had already gotten so much, like you said. The revitalization of his of his career came with Cesaro with the bar that best of seven that they had. I love that. Like we talk about, um, you know, that idea stems from the Chris Benoit Booker T best of seven from WCW back in the day, yes. and which is one of my like I, I I don't like to talk about Benoit because of what happened, but that's one of my of everything he ever did. That was my favorite thing he ever did, and he did a lot. And so with Seamus, that was like the thing that, that reminded me that of why I liked him. Because you can always say, oh, Seamus or Cesaro carried, right? Because Cesaro is this great in-ring worker. But the bar doesn't work without two guys. And they, they really transformed what I remembered about him. And I think it's carried itself over into this feud with Drew McIntyre, it really changed. And I think him adapting to his physical ailments and, and make, and trying to fight his way through it to extend his career says a lot about him. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just, he's a, to me, he's a first ballot hall of fame wrestler. He still can go. And I just think that, you know, like we talked earlier, very criminally underrated, um, and 10 is a good spot when you when you listen to the rest of this list, like you said, that's he's perfectly good overall, you know. So yeah, I think that's a good good spot for him. Well, let's let's talk about a number nine then. A person who has an even bigger disparity in their and the scores I gave them and you gave them, but has the same overall average and is number nine on the list, and that's the nightmare, Rhea Ripley. I gave Rhea Ripley an 88. Carl gave her a 71, which gives her a cumulative 7.95. For the record, I put her on the Raw list because we've known for a long time she was coming to Raw. She's, yeah. been, done with, she's been done with NXT, I believe, since around October. Uh, so we've known for a long time she was going to Raw, which is why I didn't put her on the NXT list. Um, and 
I want to jump in here because my score was much higher than yours. Um, Rhea Ripley is, has, has everything. I think Rhea Ripley is everything that Charlotte was. Rhea Ripley is. Um, she's shown that she has the ability in everything other than mic skills because her mic skills are horrid. But she's like 23, 24. That'll they'll yeah. get better. Yeah, it will um, come. But she's shown that she has everything. She has the look. She has the the in-ring ability. She has the presence. She has the finishing move. The Riptide is fantastic. Um, she has the versatility because she's played the brutal the brutal heel. She's played the underdog, not underdog, but the cool badass babyface. She's done it all. Um, and her media presence may not be as high as it should, but she does post a lot with her fiance, um, workout videos and things of that nature. Uh, but she has it all, bro. And once, once that media, once that, um, the mic skills get better, I think she'll be a 90 plus superstar. There's not a lot of those that we listed as 90 plus superstar. Yeah, agreed. Um, but I think. She's everything Charlotte was at this, and but just at a much younger age because Charlotte is an older competitor, right? Um, and I, I think she's fantastic, and I think that the sky's the limit for Rhea. So, I want to I, this is a, a when I used to uh wait tables, and this is and this sounds weird when I say it, just I start talking about waiting tables. When I used to wait tables and I used to train people. One of the things that I used to always do, one of my methods was I'm gonna when it was the shift was over, I wanted to build you up a little bit and let you know about all your strengths first before I give you my criticisms. Build you up before I tear you down just a little bit, knock you back down to reality just a little bit. And I'm gonna do that with Rhea. Okay. So I just want to say, first of all, last year at WrestleMania, no crowd. The big that was a big deal for Rhea Ripley. She was gonna be like she you saw it, right? They they talked about it. They had the show where she was gonna get to wrestle in Tampa Bay in the stadium. It was a big deal for her. Her her the promo for that match was her by herself at Raymond James Stadium. Yes. yes that was a big thing. Absolutely. That was a big and it got taken away because of COVID, right? And instead she ended up wrestling in front of no one. And I that match from WrestleMania, I know people talk about other matches, the the cinematic matches and stuff like that. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte, to me, was my favorite match of WrestleMania from both nights. And I was just, because I was so impressed with someone, what they had to pull off, given the circumstances, and the fact that Rhea was just ready for this moment says a lot about her. And it says a lot about what she's capable of. She's a fantastic in-ring performer. There's no doubt about it. She's got she's got the look. She's got the skills. Um, she will be bona fide superstar. I don't know. I think she might win at WrestleMania this year. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I, she didn't. From the way I understood it, she was supposed to win last year against Charlotte, and they changed course. And now whether that's true or not, that's all you know. Who really knows the truth? But if that's true, I kind of get the feeling she might win at this time. I could see it happening. Um, that said, the, I want to. I'm going to dock Rhea a little bit. I don't. Her mic. You said the mic skills hurt her. Um, we talked about media presence. She does the streaming and stuff like that. I went against 
I I gave her a hard time on media presence for a reason. It wasn't because she doesn't have one, but it's because one of the main blunders she's had was dropping a slur in a stream that everyone okay. has heard. And and Good I point. gave her I'm gonna hurt her for that because part of media presence is being someone who doesn't okay. use it. it you don't yeah. you don't, you hurt yourself, you know, when you, when you do things that upset people like this is, that is a very, that's something you just shouldn't do and shouldn't say. And as a professional, you should know better. So I got to, I'm not saying it's the end of her. It's, it shouldn't be the end of the career or anything. Like we all people, you know, you and I talk, we've had this discussion before about that kind of thing, but I want to make sure that she understands being a young person, that words matter. The things you say matter. And that's probably why I hurt her a little bit in terms of her overall score. And I, that's nothing not to say that she can't overcome. You said she could be a 90 plus very soon. And I completely agree. Um, but I just want to throw that out there. Like she has everything, like you said, but we still have to get, there are some things that we have to focus on to make sure you're complete. This is the total package series, right? Like we want to, if yeah. you want to be complete, you got to fix some things. So that's where I am with Rhea overall. Um, yeah, man. You know, certain things come with time. Um, a guy who, spoiler alert, is a little higher on this list. I'm not going to tell you where, but clearly he's going to be on the top ten list. Randy Orton was a guy that went through some hardships of his own. I'm yeah. not saying that anything Rhea did is the same as Randy. Right. Um, I know for a lot of people, especially for the for the community uh, that is affected by the slur she used on that on that um, stream, I'm, I'm not trying to diminish it at all because she should have, she damn sure shouldn't have used it. She was wrong for it, owned up to it, dealt with it, accepted it like like an adult. Yep, learning like, moment, teaching I moment. Also, I also know that different cultures are different. Like that same word. In, in England or in the UK is used regularly as a cigarette, a loose cigarette. Right. So it's like I understand that to her that might have been a normal word you use. And I'm not saying it's right because it damn sure isn't. Right. But she learned. And I'm not going to punish her for that, I don't think. Although it's, it is interesting you mentioned that. I get it. Um, no, and we, that's, that's the beauty of the list, right? Like yeah. we take different takes on things. And it doesn't mean your reasoning makes sense. My reasoning is fine. Sure. Like this is what we're doing here. This is the whole purpose. And sure. being as young as she is, that's why I'm big on like, look, we all learn and grow. We're, yeah. we're she's a young person. She is a young person. This is not she. You and I are in our thirties, right? We sh we know yeah. better by now. And I'm not mid saying to that, late thirties at that. Yeah, and I'm not saying that we can't criticize people for things, even if they're young. But I don't think we should use it against them forever. And, and so with her, especially being her age, come on, you know, we're, we're, we're all this whole, this whole this life is a journey, right? Like we got it. We're all trying to get better. And I, I think she's going to be fine. Like th that's nothing that clearly she's in a huge position already. So, you know, she, the sky is still the limit for Rhea Ripley. Speaking of a journey, wonderful journalism. Our number eight, our number eight, uh, member, uh, on the top 10 list of raw has been on a journey. Yeah. 
especially since this person re-signed with the company. And our number eight is the new WWE champion, the almighty Mr. Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley got a cumulative 86 from me, a cumulative 75 from Carl, which gives him a average of 8.05. Um, interesting that we did this list before he won the title. Yes. We did this list before he before he even was in the title picture. He was still yes. the United States champion. Yep. So it's interesting to see where we would have put this had we done this list last week. Yeah. Um, Guarantee you he jumps for sure. Exactly. So talk to me about talk to me about the 75 and what you think about Bobby. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I people are gonna hear 75 because you're so much nicer than I am, and they're gonna be like, what the fuck, Carl? And that's fair. But you so, great harsh, and I appreciate it about you because you know what you want, and if you don't and he, if you don't match what you want, you are penalized for that. I respect it. I love it. So talking about now, okay, so first of all, I just want to go over some of my scores. I gave him a nine on look, okay? If you throw it, and I gave him a 10 on presence, so I would probably give him a 10 on look right now Thank because, you. one, he looks like a million bucks with that WWE title around his waist, first of all. Uh, character ability, uh, I gave him a seven and I, I think I was, I know that like without the hurt business, I'm not sure how great his character is. I think the, the hurt business has helped him a lot. Uh, in ring, I gave him a seven. I could probably be a little bit more generous there. I was a little harsh on that probably. Um, uh, but some of the stuff he does, like I like power wrestlers, which is why he got a 10 in specialty skills. Um, but at the same time, not everything that he does appeals to me in terms of his like his moveset necessarily. Uh, I'm not hurt. The hurt lock is okay. So he got an eight on that. I'm not crazy. Microphone work was a hurt, hurt him a lot in my skill set. Uh, same with media presence. I don't know anything about him out like outside of the ring. I don't know his media presence at all. Uh, so that's why he gets that low of a score um, outside of him doing like promos and stuff that they show off of after raw and stuff like that. Sure. Sure. Um, but Bobby, I mean, if, if, if I was rescoring it now, he'd definitely be a little bit higher. And they gave him a badass entrance. Like, he looks the part now. I mean, there's before I would have been like, and, and you know, look, a couple of months ago, I was pining for Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, WrestleMania. That's like, I was like, this is what we should be doing. Yeah. And that's what we're getting. It's the one thing I actually got right for every now and then I actually get one right. Like, you know, he has turned a corner in a big way. He was always good, but in the beginning when he started out, when he came back, it seemed like they didn't really know what to do with him. You know, and now it seems like he's really found his footing and um we were rescoring right now, he'd be a little bit higher, but unfortunately, we did this before that, so it is what it is. Let me I you know, I want to take this on a different on a, to a different uh go on a quick tangent about Bobby Lashley. Uh, because my scores are self-evident. Uh, the only thing that he, I, I gave him a pretty, I, I think the lowest he got was media presence. I gave him a six. Other than that, everything is eight or above. He's not great on the microphone, but he is competent. And I've heard him be really good on the mic. If you watched him in Impact, he was actually really good. So, like, I know he can do it. I think it's just opportunities. Um, and coming off of what MV, MVP being kind of his, um, kind of his Don King 
after his Mike Tyson works, so all he has to do is basically come say something really intimidating and be done. Whatever. But I want to talk about Bobby Lashley and the difference between what you just said his in his journey and started off not having any not having a, a, a direction and whatnot. And and also a guy like Apollo Cruz, some of these guys. Because fans love to believe in conjecture. And we love to believe the worst about things, especially about WWE. Bobby Lashley recently had a big interview. Actually, <laughs> hilariously, the same interview um, on on um, Around the Bell with Graves and Vic Joseph. Uh, they were both on the same show. Lashley's interview was first. Apollo's interview was second. And both of them talk ad nauseum. Now, whether you not whether you believe it or not, because it's a WWE branded show or not, cool, whatever. You, I, I we could have a conversation. Sure. But they, but they talk about ad nauseum how they languished and why they languished. And Bobby said point blank, <clears throat> I didn't understand why I wasn't getting what I thought I deserved. Now we talked to Vince, and Vince, I found Vince would explain to me, and I finally understood. I took this too seriously. And Vince couldn't put me in the positions that he wanted me to be in because it was too serious to me. It was almost real to me. And he that's why he put me in the Lashley Sisters feud. And he put me with Lana. He tried to make me a more well-rounded entertainer to prepare me for this position because I couldn't be where I am now had I not been able to go through those things and learn that it is much bigger than being serious. Right. And that is huge to hear somebody, the level of Bobby Lashley say, because we just see, oh, well, man, Lashley in a bad feud. We don't understand why. Much like Apollo said, um, that Apollo's story was even more poignant. Apollo said that every week John Cena would go out of his way to find Apollo and 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 seek him out and confront him and say, who is Apollo Cruz? To the point where Apollo would hide from John. Every <laughs> seriously, every yeah. go listen to the interview because he didn't know how to answer the question. Sure. Yeah. Apollo thought, I'm I'm great in the ring. So all that, that's I, that's good enough. And they said it took him six years to realize, well, that ain't gonna get me nowhere. And he said, I couldn't answer who Apollo Crews was until recently. And now you see he's kind of accepted his roots because he is a Nigerian man. He was raised, he was born in Sacramento, but raised in Uganda and Kenya. So he's, he's lived the African cultural lifestyle. He's an American-born person, but he's essentially as an immigrant lifestyle because he lived, he was raised in Africa for most of his um, elementary and middle school life. Mm-hmm. And now he's played into that, and now he has an idea of who he is as a character. Sure. Not, as, not who is Segusi Uha, but who is Apollo Crews. Right. And so both of those are played in my mind when you mention what you say, because every single, res- every single wrestling fan would tell you Bobby Lashley is fantastic and should have been world champion 10 years ago. But we talk all the time about what's missing. This... Uh, this exercise helps us understand and quantify what may be missing. But what was missing, we, you can't quantify how well somebody seems to understand the business. Right. Right. And Bobby got, Bobby understands the wrestling business. 
but he didn't understand what Vince was trying to get him to do. That, yes, it's business. Yes, you take it serious. Yes, you take your job serious and the professionalism. But ultimately, man, this, this is two, this is two, or, two dudes or two women in their underwear grappling. <laughs> it's carding. It is. It's, so, like, understand that and don't take yourself so seriously and you'll go far. And so, uh, you know, I don't want to continue to hash on. I've talked about Bobby Lashley long enough, and we got to move to number seven. But I, I thought that story was interesting to me to add to add on to what you were saying, uh, because clearly Bobby got it. And now what happened? Bobby Lashley is your third black WWE champion yes. going into WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania in, a, in two years with fans, possibly going to main event one night against the biggest baby face in the company. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as a matter of fact, it's funny. We like Bobby has been presented as a heel and I don't, you know what? I think if fans were in the arena right now, I don't think he would be getting the heel reaction because I think that the corner has been turned in a way where we are sold on him as not only a champion, but as a character and in, just in general, we're sold on Bobby. I mean, I know drew is still a big name and everything, but I'm just saying it could be one of those situations where I could see it flip-flopped a little bit. You know, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. But, yeah, I mean, I love that story you just told. I haven't heard that podcast, and that's it says a lot about, you know, finding that it that you need to get to ascend to certain levels. Yep. Speaking of a guy who found it, number seven is maybe the MVP of the entire company. No pun intended because I said MVP was the MVP and I was being punny. <laughs> but a man who, who his entire career was thought to never be WWE worthy, and since he's joined the WWE, has been maybe the best guy overall in the company. And that's the phenomenal AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. He's our number seven. Um, I gave AJ a cumulative 88. You gave AJ a cumulative 81. I know you probably killed him on his mic skills, which is fine. Um, and, his, and his look. Uh, he didn't get a high okay. score on look, yeah. Um, and his average is an 8.45. Yeah, so, yeah, so I actually, I'm looking at my scores here. I also gave him a 7 on media presence, and I don't like that. I should have given him higher on that one. Much thinking, higher. About, yeah. thinking about that, he probably should at least probably have been a 9. Yes. I don't know. that it, it, it probably doesn't change the results too much uh it would have no, been close it, it, it does he he, he would have been he would have been six yeah he would have been one spot higher that's fair uh I, i'm not like upset about it you know but um so aj uh i want to talk about aj a little bit because um you mentioned he was a guy that uh people thought you know maybe he was never going to be wwe material or whatever but the thing I love about AJ is he has no problem doing just whatever. We just talked about taking yourself too serious, right? And it, I feel like it's a perfect segue for AJ because he came in, he came into the Royal Rumble, he debuted at the Rumble, and I was like, oh shit, AJ's here, right? Mm-hmm. And he pretty much instantly got thrust to the top of the card in a lot of ways. And he had the feud with Jericho. Then he got in there with Roman and had they had, they, crushed it you know but the cool thing about aj is 
he's cool doing like whatever. And he's he's been a WWE champion, Intercontinental champion, United States champion. Could very well be a, a Grand Slam champion by the time WrestleMania is over with the tag team titles. He just seems like he's done everything there is to do in the wrestling business. And he's just happy to do whatever. And I really appreciate that about AJ because he would go out there and make you look like a million bucks while he also looks like a million bucks because he's such a great wrestler in general. Um, there's, there's very few to, there's very few things to knock AJ for outside of the mic skills, which I'm, I'm a little more brutal than I should be. Probably. He's really good as a heel on the microphone. I don't love him as much as a face on the microphone. If I can give, if I can give him one compliment on the microphone is that even though he may not say great things, he's comfortable. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is. I would agree with you. Yeah. Um, that's it. I don't really like, I don't really like the finishing move. I wish he was still doing the styles clash as his finisher. I'm not crazy about like the phenomenal forearm. It's fine. But you know, we talk about how it looks and how it comes across. And to me, it just looks like a forearm. Like, I mean, that's, that's no sure. If I can, if I can big up the phenomenal forearm real quick though, beauty of him using that as his primary over the styles clash is he can hit it on everybody. That's true. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You're right. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, AJ, I feel like AJ, when you go through the list, I mean, AJ's about probably where he should be. Uh, there might be one guy on here, or maybe two that I'm looking at and saying, eh. But I just love the, I just want to say that I love the fact that he is willing to just kind of, he feels like he's just happy where he's at. He's a happy guy. He's in WWE. He's doing his thing. And I, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a great thing for him. So, well, AJ gets it. I mean, AJ yeah. isn't a, he isn't a new kid. AJ's been wrestling since the nineties. He's not selfish at all. He's not selfish. He gets it, and the beauty of it is he's been through he's been through the ringer. He's built a company off of his back, and then been essentially turned on by that company. Yeah, been disrespected. So, so not only does he get it, but he's also a hard worker, and Vince appreciates a hard worker who's not going to complain. So you say. He'll do anything. I mean, this is the guy that was that got pinned by James Ellsworth. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you're right. And then that's the type of stuff that breeds not only respect, but trust with Vince. And AJ has essentially become Vince's edge. And that, when in doubt, AJ, go, AJ, AJ got me. AJ yeah. will I just give it to AJ. You know, I need, I need a I'm, perfect example. You remember when um, Bray Wyatt got sick with the mumps and everybody was sick and they missed the everybody missed. Yeah, and Finn and Balor had the match. Yeah. Who did they call? Yeah, AJ. AJ. Yeah, because AJ is trustworthy. Yeah. So yeah, um, and I'm just I'm so happy that he finally got a chance to be in the. I hate that Daniels never got his one shot. I don't, and maybe Daniels would have been Jerry Lynn, and had a small run on some lower tier shows, but Daniels is the only major. Um, TNA guy from that era, era that didn't get even James Storm had a match in NXT, right? <laughs> like, and I and I and I hate that for Daniels. Although Daniels is very happy and very comfortable in in uh, AW, but I just it's it feels good to see those guys who didn't get the respect that they deserved worldwide now getting it. Bobby Roode, AJ, um, even Eric tra- Young for a minute. Yeah. Those grinders, um, they're the grinding know, types, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy for them. 
Um, and no diss to Kazarian, but Kazarian wasn't a superstar the way those guys were. Right, sure. Um, number our number six is a shock to me that this person is as low as they are, and more importantly, I'm shocked that you put them lower than I did because <laughs> you are their biggest supporter in the maybe on very, the entire damn internet. Very true. Our numbers, our number six is the queen herself, Charlotte Flair. I gave Charlotte Flair a 91, cumulatively. Carl gave her an 80, which gives her 8.55 as an average in the total package series. A number 80, Mr. Irvin, what happened? You know, I'll be honest with you. I, I think part of it, and I love, like you said, I bang the drum for Charlotte Flair, right? I think I do think they just did their top 50 women, right? Trish was number one. Charlotte was number two. That's I'm not the, fair. I, it's fair. I'm still not happy about it. <laughs> like I still like in my head. I still think. I still think it's. I understand why it's Trish. Trish. Trish ascended at a time when women weren't being given opportunities. Right. So that's why so, she's always gonna be number one. Yeah. I, I can do. live with it. I can live with it. I do think. I do. But I do think. Um. Just in a, in a vacuum, I think Charlotte is the best. Okay. And I didn't rank her like some. There are a lot of people that got higher than a lot of other women that got higher scores than Charlotte. And I was more brutal on the Raw roster. Um, so the thing about Charlotte is I, I feel like there you can suffer from burnout with Charlotte. Because part of that is she's already, who she, she's already who she needs to be. And for whatever reason, they just got to keep bringing her dad around. You know, and I, that, <laughs> that hurts her to me because she doesn't need Ric Flair anymore. That she, she hasn't needed Ric Flair in a long ass time. Right. And on top of that, Charlotte, she does. She comes around and she ends up back in prominent positions. And I understand that she's Charlotte Flair and that she's a flair, right? And she's great. But she doesn't, like we talked about, just now I talked about AJ doing whatever. It doesn't feel like Charlotte does whatever. Like they just immediately ascend her. And they have so many great hands. We talked about Naomi being underutilized. And Naomi is also on Raw. You can elevate these people above Charlotte here and there. Charlotte has done everything already. She's only like, what, 32, 33? I don't know exact age, but she's, she's not. a bro, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, she can drop down a little bit. She can be the person that puts people over, like what Seth Rollins seems to maybe kind of be doing right now. Yeah. You know, they're... so I think that's what hurt her. As much as I love Charlotte, I understand the... What's the word? I understand the frustration with her. I'm not going to like shit on Charlotte like some people do, but at the same time, I understand it and it knocks her down a little bit for me when I go start going through some of the scores, you know, I, I so that's kind of where I'm at with Charlotte. I know it's shocking as a big Charlotte guy, but I mean, I'm just being truthful about it and honest. I mean, the score is low, but you still ranked her number six out of all the raw stars. So, right, I mean, yeah. um, Charlotte is interesting because we, in the intro, we spoke about one particular guy, Cesaro, um, did his, did his booking affect his scoring or was it a character thing? And I think for the overwhelming majority of these scores, the booking doesn't affect it because we're looking at it through a, through a magnifying glass, if you will. Yeah. Charlotte's booking affects her for sure. I think because, LOL, Charlotte wins. 
Yeah. Like Charlotte is, is thrown in everything. When in doubt, add Charlotte. When mm-hmm. there's no doubt, add Charlotte. Yeah. And it gets tiring. Um, that's one of the reasons why her lowest score she got from me of the 10 categories was an eight in versatility. Now that's still much higher than a lot of other people, but I don't think of versatility as well because uh, she can play the face. She can play the heel. She's not great as a face as she is a heel, but she cannot be anything lower than the main event. She's not the top women's. If she's not fighting for the women's championship or in the top women's storyline, I don't know if she can do it. And I don't know if that's because of her or because of the booking. Um, And you're right. There's so many other women, hopefully now with Rhea being there, hopefully with Naomi being healthy and being used again, um, and some other women, that maybe we can get more versatility in that that locker room. I think that does hurt her. Uh, But nonetheless, it doesn't hurt her enough to not be. (laughs) When it comes to the skills, it's really better, man or woman. Yeah, Char- Charlotte is legitimately one of the best in the world. There's no way around it, whether anybody likes it or not. You can get all get mad about it, mad about her positioning and where she is, but it's still undeniable who she is and how good she is. Um, but I would agree with you. We need to find out more about what she can do in a lower part of the card. And I think a little upset with – not upset because live your life, but – the Lacey Evans thing, I think we were getting to maybe a more of a mid card kind of thing with her. And then oh. Lacey got pregnant, you know. Lacey, like was supposed to, Lacey was supposed to win a women's championship and fight Charlotte for the women's championship at WrestleMania. That ain't no mid card, bro. Damn. <laughs> that See, ain't no mid card, bro. I thought it was good. I thought I, you're right about that now that I think about it. I was thinking Lacey was going to like <laughs> move on from Charlotte. But yeah, okay. <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, you're right. But you we know, need to see more with Charlotte. She needs to. Charlotte needs to be in a position where see how she does, where she's not in that title scene 24-7. Charlotte is in the Triple H role in the mid to, in the mid to, uh, 2000s in that now you've shown you can lead. You've shown you can be the top star. Now you need to build people. Now it's time for Charlotte to build people. Yeah. Because, because Triple H didn't, other than, his evolu- other than evolution, which was completely out his baby he didn't really build any of his opponents you know yeah. until until really Sheldon right Sheldon was the one guy he kind of built and then you started seeing him take losses he lost to Eugene he had kind of helped build Jeff Hardy in his in the way to his championship run but for the longest he didn't do that he just went along he, he did the job but he went along just kind of winning 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 that's what Charlotte yeah. is I agree for to and- build somebody yeah, and, 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 and just because, and people, I think people misunderstand when we talk about things like this. Like, that doesn't mean Charlotte is now relegated to the person who puts people over 24-7. It just means for, uh, for a while, that's what she should do. And then eventually, of course, she's going to work her way back up to the top because she's Charlotte fucking Flair. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that's just, that's all we mean. One of the best ever at it, when Chris Jericho was in the WWE, he was maybe the best I've ever seen at. One week, being able to lose to a guy you never expected him to lose. And the next week, he'd be, nobody would care because it was so over. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte can do that. Agreed. So, you, you 100% agree with you. I'm not saying Charlotte needs to lose clean to Dana Brooke, but I mean, can we do something <laughs> more? 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Let's move on to number five. And what I love about these lists is it's inevitable that you're going to have some surprises. And this is one of the shocks of the entire list. Yeah, this might wrong. be the most shocking one. Yeah, I it think. is. But again, much like Swerve Scott, who was our number eleven um, on the NXT list that we spoke about last uh, last episode. Book the booking doesn't always help you, but like the facts are the facts. Our number five on the Raw roster. Is Mustafa Ali. I gave Mustafa, I gave uh, Ali um, 90, a 91 cumulatively. Carl gave him an 82, which gives him an 8.65 average. Um, and I'm damn proud to have given this man a 91. I would have given him higher. I could have, but I was trying to be honest. Well, I mean, I'm looking at my scores from the Raw roster. He's fifth. Overall, and he's fifth on my list too. Uh, even though I gave him an eighty-two, I want to talk about him. You know, obviously we're talking about everybody, but Mustafa or Mustafa, uh, Mustafa Ali, just call him Ali. Trust me, it's hard for me too. But the man went out of his way to say, "Say this time, you say my name correctly, and I want to respect." <laughs> right. So the cool thing about him is one thing that I really love is that he's able to kind of balance different roles yes. you know he 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 obviously his entering ability is phenomenal um the promo work when he was doing the vignettes where he wasn't in the ring and he was doing promos good lord this is some of the best stuff you're gonna see i've taken a group like retribution who to a lot of people is meh and being a guy who could elevate it to a degree i think is is it's he is one of those guys that I don't know if he's ever going to be a world champion one day. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he's viewed as world championship type of guy. But he reminds me of someone, I think back to the SmackDown 7 or the SmackDown 6 with all those guys, Kurt mm-hmm. and Eddie. He falls in that group of people to me that you can build just about anything around like you can, you can use him as someone as a flagship guy, you know, and I don't know if everybody sees it just yet, but for those of us who pay attention to what he does on screen and pay attention to who he is outside, um, he's, and he's so humble. 
You know, like he treat people say awful things about him online, and he is so the way he responds. You know, he just kills people with kindness. Well, he used to, and now he's a little bit more. His persona is different now, but he is. I'm very happy that where we have him. I know it seems crazy. Maybe you wouldn't think he would be in the top five, maybe, but I think I think we kind of nailed it. It's the it's the surprise that we should all be happy about, you know. His look is a nine. This is with my score. Character ability is a nine. In ring a ten. Specialty skills a nine. Finishing move a eight. Um, and I only gave it eight because he doesn't really use the four fifty anymore. Or the um, the O4, the 054, the reverse 450, because that's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. Um, he uses the 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 Koji clutch, which I'm not a huge fan of as a as a finish, but it's still whatever. Um, it, but his mic work, I gave him a ten. His presence, I gave him an eight. A versatility, I gave him a ten. Psychology, a nine. Media presence, a nine. And I don't think any of those is overshooting it. He has earned that score. And you mentioned, talking about the SmackDown 6. I had a, a, a conversation with somebody not too long ago, and they were trying to compare somebody to Eddie Guerrero, saying he's a modern-day Eddie Guerrero. I believe it was Will Ospreay. And I was flabbergasted. <laughs> Will Ospreay? And I was just like, nothing about that makes sense other than the fact that they both do some flips. Um, because But... Eddie Guerrero was so much more than what he did in ring. It, it was a character connection he had with the crowd. It was an ability to transfix you. Well, Will Ospreay doesn't have that. I don't like comparing people to legends like that, especially legends that are no longer here with us. But Mustafa Ali reminds me a lot of Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Not just, not just because of his versatility in the ring, because for a dude the size of Ali, he really has great matches with bigger dudes. Um, but his ability as a pro, his ability as a superstar to transfix you into what he's saying and what he's doing. One of the greatest promos I've ever seen in my life was the promo that Eddie Guerrero cut on Rey Mysterio after he turned on Rey. And he took Rey's mask to the ring and the lights were off and he sat down on a chair and cut a promo on Rey Mysterio's mask like it was Rey. And it was literally one of the most terrifying things you ever saw. And that's one of the greatest promos I've ever seen. And now this is this is two weeks after Lie, Cheat, Steal, Orale. Right, yeah. Boom. And Ali has been that guy. Ali, when he was on 205 Live, was single-handedly making people care about it because of the promos he was cutting on his own dime, on his own time, then we also have to add to the fact that he is he is the face and I gotta hate to be so general about this, but he is the face of in wrestling of a damn religion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sami Zayn isn't as out with his mus- with his uh, as being uh, Muslim as, as Ali is. You know? And that's fine. You, you don't. You don't have to. That's none of nobody else's business. But Ali has done. Um, he has done um, videos and twenty fours and chronicles on Ramadan, where he can't eat until a certain time, and how he deals with it. He spoke. You talked about uh, the Islamophobia. He deals with on a regular basis on Twitter. 
and how yes. he handles that. His backstory about how he was a cop, just because mm. of you know, especially, what I'm especially with how polarizing that is, especially in the United States right now. And and the but the reason he became a cop and the reason he stopped being a cop. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. These it's the it, the reason why he wouldn't turn heel because he you know because he saw the tropes. The tropes. He saw little kids of uh, terrified of him. And realized, much like Dave Chappelle, when he left Chappelle's show, they're not laughing with me. They're laughing at me. Well, they're not scared of my character. They're scared of me. Yeah. And so now, and with the masterfully, masterfully being able to flip it and become a heel that tells the truth. Yeah. That that isn't the tropey, uh, iron chic is heel, but a regular. Man, look, this man is like I. He he's everything that you should want a professional wrestler to be. Agreed, and, and I feel like you talked about Eddie Guerrero, and it's such a good comparison because it feels like his moment is coming. I don't know when. I think he will have his that that Eddie Guerrero moment. You know, when Eddie won the title, that kind of thing. I don't know if I don't know if it'll happen, but when it does, it feels like something that we're pushing our that we're pushing towards. You know, I don't get crazy about winning championships. I don't see them as the way some other people see them. But there are some guys, you know, and he's one of them where it feels like they're going to put the moment will come where the, the roof is going to blow off. Because all of his hard work is going to pay off eventually. And I really, I love the way you explain, like, there's a lot of passion behind him because he's very inspiring as a human being. Just everything you know about him, right? And I I think that, um, like you said, you're proud of the score. You know, I I wasn't as strong on people, but he still was in my top five in general on Raw. So I, I think there's a lot to be said about considering the competition on this roster, which is full of talent for him to get as, as high as he has says a lot about just says a lot about him overall. So I, I'm very pleased. Yeah, man, it's, it's an honor. To, I don't say this about a lot of wrestlers, but it's an honor and a privilege to watch him work. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's an honor and a privilege to watch all these wrestlers work because they're giving their lives for us. But it's a genuine honor and a privilege to be in his to to be in the presence of what he, of who he is as as a, as a performer and knowing the type of human he is. And I'm and I'm you know I can't say enough good things about Mustafa Ali, man. Yeah. But that you know I can't speak about him all night as much as I'd love to. Um, and I can't wait till he does get breakthrough and get that moment. But speaking of a guy who's gotten that moment. Um, our number four is maybe the most polarizing person. And it's funny because Roman Reigns used to be that guy, but he's kind of passed this on, passed uh, that mantle on to this gentleman. But our number four is the most polarizing person, I think, in the entire WWE. And that man is known by many names. 
but most currently he's known by, known as the Fiend, Bray Wyatt. And Bray gets, a, he got a 90 cumulatively from me. So that actually would have put him below Ali and Flair on my list. But he got an 83 on your list. So that gives Bray an 8.65. I have a question for you. Yeah. About Bray. Like I said What's... before, Bray has taken the mental as being the most polarizing guy, most polarizing figure in the WWE. Why do so many people hate Bray Wyatt? So this is, I think it's a little bit of a twofold thing with Bray. One, I think his character is misunderstood. I think that in professional wrestling, and this is going to sound really shitty of me to say, I don't think, I don't think the general tone of what we perceive as wrestling is catered towards uh, people who want to deep dive into a character. That's fair. They kind of they kind of want surface level. That's fair. Simple is better. Yeah, and, and Bray is the fiend. Bray, whatever the hell you want to call him, Husky Harris. I don't care. He. His character is so layered. And Bray is too smart for his own good. I actually think Bray, like, he's like, the, to me, Bray Wyatt is a professional wrestler who should be in Hollywood, probably, producing movies and that kind of thing. Sometimes yeah. I think he's in the wrong profession. He's the new Rob Zombie. He's, yeah. He will be Rob Zombie in 10 years. Right. And, and so I think that the things that he does get lost on people and that doesn't mean that wrestling fans are dumb. It just means that a lot of them don't, they're not looking for all that. Like it can be too much for people because it's like, I'm not here for all this deep, meaningful stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's part of the problem. The other thing about Bray and I'm not, um, I love everything about Bray, but I, I'm not crazy about the actual payoffs with Bray. Like okay. his, his matches, don't intrigue me. It's all the builds to the matches. All that stuff intrigues me. But when we get bell to bell, he doesn't, for me at least, I'm not like my eyes aren't fixated on the screen. You know, the last great Bray Wyatt match that I was like, dang, this is awesome, was the strap match against Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble 2020. Um, outside of that, I don't really get crazy. I mean, he's had some great stuff with, they had the great stuff with the shield, great stuff with Daniel Bryan. I mean, there's been some good stuff in there, obviously, but personally, the matches themselves don't connect with me as much as everything else that he does connects with me. And it's still not enough to keep him out of my top five. Obviously he's sitting at number four on our list, but there's a little bit still to be a little bit left to be desired with, with him. In my opinion. So you mentioned kind of wrestling fans not wanting to have the deep dive and 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 like decipher things in their in their um in in their ingesting the product. And I, I agree with you on that. But I think I I feel personally like that pertains more to the Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt, the cult leader. Okay. Because Bray literally spoke in fucking riddles. Yeah, yeah. 
literally, not figuratively, literally spoken riddles. Um, the Fiend character is, to me, as cut and dry as it gets. Now, it deals with a lot of what wrestling fans swear they want, which is callbacks, <laughs> right? Wrestling right. fans swear they that, you know, we remember everything, don't treat us like we're stupid. Well, everything about The Fiend is a callback. Yeah. Right? So, um, but The Fiend, the, the Firehouse, Funhouse, Bray, and The Fiend are pretty cut and dry. <clears throat> Two sides of the same coin. And um, Bray is almost warning you about what The Fiend, who is him in, in bed with Sister Abigail's spirit or a new spirit or whatever it is, right? And it's almost brave warning you to stay away from the fiend. It's 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 pretty cut and dry to me. Um, yeah, depending on certain feuds, because it's gotten deeper because of the history, like the feud with Braun and the feud with Randy. A little deeper because he has very stark history with those gentlemen. Right. But it's pretty cut and dry with me. But that's the iteration people hate the most. And I'm I'm blown away. The Fiend has the best entrance in the business. That's a fact. I would the agree. The Fiend has maybe the best look in the business. Depending on how you feel about that stuff, yes, I would agree with you. I, me personally, what I think. Um, so um, I, I I I'm lost. I you know some of the people I follow on Twitter, it's I, I almost feel like it's become a reoccurring joke, but I feel like people are serious. And that they just think they think Bray Wyatt is the worst professional wrestler in the world. Yeah, that's not I true. Love the guy. <laughs> I, I, love I, the guy. I, I, um, I, there for a while, we in our little group chat, I would troll and be like, Bray Wyatt is cheeks. I know you remember me doing that. I, I was remember just that. Shout yeah. out to Mooch from shout out to Ricky from Ricky and Clive because he, he was the biggest Bray Wyatt eater of worlds fan in the biz in the business. Yeah. And I was just being a douchebag. I was just messing around. Bray is great. Uh, he doesn't make the top four without being great, okay? Um, and yeah, there's not a lot. I don't want to add a whole lot to that, but I do want to shout out here because Alexa Bliss did not make our top ten. We didn't talk much about her in the honorable mention show, but I do want to shout out because I think that you may or may not agree, and that's not, it's fine, whatever. I think she, I think she helps the character a little bit. And I also think that like, it says a lot about the fact that she, um, she was always like the mean girl on television for however long. And I think she deserves a little credit for being, for kind of having to hold the whole persona down of the fiend while he's been gone being a burn victim. You know what I mean? So I, I, I know a lot of people are kind of like, eh, about, I know people who are like, they love Alexa and some people are like, oh, I hate this new version of Alexa. And I fall in the camp of whatever you think about her, that character is, it, sh it says a lot about her. And I think it, I think it helps the fiend a little bit because it's kind of, uh, it shows his ability to manipulate and to uh, take advantage of other people. You know what I mean? With his mind games and, and whatnot, the whole, the psychology, as it were, of uh, what we talk about when we talk about, wrestlers and how they are able to use psychology to their advantage. Um, interesting you say that, man, because um you know it's funny. I look at you're you're not wrong. She deserves all the credit in the world for killing this role and 
as you said, elongating it because, you know, Bray had some depths in the family. And then, of course, Brody died. Rest in peace, yeah. bro. So there was a lot there for him for a while to miss. And, um, you know, he has young kids and COVID. There's a lot of stuff going on, right? But Alexa Bliss owes the fuck out of Bray Wyatt. That's fair. Because as great as Alexa was, he complete him. Alexa is doing Bray Wyatt cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Right? And Alexa had Alexa was already a huge heavy merch mover. Yeah. Already was on her own. But now Alexa's on all the Fiend's merch. A- Alexa is Fiend has hurt heel on his hands. Alexa has play pain. Yeah. You know, Alexa comes out to a version of the Firefly Fun- Alexa has changed the Firefly Funhouse and now she has the uh the playground outside the mm-hmm. Firefly Fun. Like yeah. so, and credit to her for being able to expand the brand, but that's all Bray's IP. And, oh, for sure. Yeah, he's a great mind. There's no question about it. He's a genius. Exactly. And at the time when Alexa ran into the fiend and had her moment, Alexa was languishing because yes, her she was. were done. Yes, she was. So, like, she needed to be thanking him as much as he needed to be appreciating her holding it down. For sure. Yeah, it's it's a team effort, no doubt. Um Yeah, man, just I I don't I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Um but you know, everything ain't for everybody, bro. Um, and not and not to mention we're we're about to get into the top three here, and it's not like the three people that are ahead of him, it's like egregious. <laughs> no, mean, the three people ahead of him are three of the top people in the entire company. Entire I'm exactly, sorry, exactly. in the entire wrestling world. So um yeah, you know when I think of, when I think of stuff like that, I think back to uh, an old LLP poster, anonymous. If you're listening, shout out to you, Noni, whose favorite wrestler was Rikishi. And when you ask him, oh, he'd be like Rikishi, he'd be like, "Cause I like him, I don't give a fuck." But you know what? You're right. You like who you like. Yeah, um, yeah. Number three, sir. Now, let me be honest with you. Took a little liberties with this person. I'm so I'm look. I number three is the man Becky Lynch. Yeah, and I, I wanted to give her a bigger introduction, but I need to say this because I took some liberties because Becky hasn't wrestled in a year. One, Becky was such an important part of the WWE over the past few years, and was a full time person. I didn't want to punish her for having a fucking baby. Right. Live your life, baby girl. Because if she didn't, we know she's still. We know who she is, you know? And she never lost a championship. She yeah. relinquished the championship. So, you know, I didn't want to punish her for that. Secondly, I knew she was going to be high. I want to see how high she was going to be. And you know what? She's number three on the list. But yeah. not wrestling, for not wrestling in a damn year, that's fucking impressive. Becky Lynch got a number, two, got a 92 uh, cumulatively for me, and which actually would have made her my number two on my list. She got an 85 cumulatively from you, Carl. Yeah. Which makes her an 8.85 average in her uh, total package. Um, yeah. Thoughts, yeah. sir? Well, she was number three on my list. So if you go through my scores here, she'd be the number three person. If I give her a little bit higher score than I did, she probably ends up in the top two. Uh, but no shame. Well, she has a sketch number one. 
Nobody's yeah. catching up. Yeah, she but she hasn't. Um, you know, she has like you said, she hasn't wrestled in a year. You know, she's been gone for a while, and we shouldn't punish her for that. I don't. I don't think we did really. You know, I mean, no, not at all. Yeah. So you look at the results here. I'm looking at my scores a little bit. I wanted to go through. I gave her a nine on look. Uh, I probably could have gone a little higher. I gave her an eight on character ability. I'm over here saying I could have gone a little bit higher. You know, there's only two more spots to go. <laughs> the thing hey, about for Becky the record, is, for the yeah. record is, I'm sorry, for the record, the character of Becky Lynch, the last kicker, was non-existent. But right. the man is a fully defined character. Yes. So I think the one thing that hurt her a little bit is I didn't. I only gave her a ten in one thing, and that was presence. And that's not to say she's not a ten in other things, depending on who you a, are. You didn't give her a ten in mic work. She was she was verbally eviscerating fools. I know. I what did I? I don't know what I gave her. I gave her. An and eight. you didn't give her a ten in media presence. Eh. Oh, I gave her boy. a nine. I mean, I gave her a nine. Give me a break, Jesus. Oh, okay. God. Anyways, here, here's the deal. With Becky, um, I it took me a while to come around, you know, because for a little while with Becky, when she was doing before the man, I wasn't like crazy about Becky Lynch necessarily. Mm-hmm. In the ring, everyone she's a great wrestler, obviously, and everyone is so high on Becky as a wrestler, like she is the best wrestler that ever existed, and I don't agree. She's a good wrestler, clearly. But she doesn't like break the mold as far as a wrestler. I don't. I don't care about the arm bar submission, that whole stuff. It's fine. However, it's undeniable the star power. It's undeniable. You know, she's she is. Sometimes I think she's the benefactor of good luck because Nia Jax broke her damn nose and it made one of the greatest moments you're ever going to see. In wrestling television, but she she took it and ran with it, man. Like you, you can't argue what she did and how and and how she how far she took it. Um, my only, I really don't have a whole lot. Of, I don't have any beef with Becky, but I, I find her to be. Uh, she is what I would call. We talked about earlier being perfectly good. She she is that she's all around like everything she does she's good at everything right but I don't I don't find her as like a master of anything which is why she's not necessarily the number one person on my list if that makes sense I tell you what she's a master at I tell you she's a master at her character she's a master at microphone work she's a master at presence she's a master at media presence she is she is a master at at star power and everything involved with star power you know we have to remember that the reason Becky Lynch became the top star damn near in the company pretty much in the company literally um, I think she even usurped Roman Reigns for a while um, we have to remember that Becky led a resurgence of WWE to mainstream fans. Colin Cowherd, who, this before WWE moved to Fox, Colin Cowherd, who notoriously hates wrestling or hated it until he got paid to like it, yeah, uh, was talking about Becky Lynch. Like, 
regular people were talking about Becky Lynch. Regular fans, um, entertainers, were saying, I don't know much about WWE anymore, but Becky Lynch is cool. I, I, I'm watching because of Becky. Yeah. Right? Becky, Becky was so big, they brought The Rock back for the first episode of SmackDown on Fox. Who did they put him with? Becky Lynch. Yeah. Right? Becky, not only that, but Becky Lynch um, got a guest spot on Billions on Showtime. Moving into possible possible foray of acting. Becky is a star. And yes, Becky and Becky and Bailey are of the four horsewomen are two wrestlers that are Jacks of all trades, masters of none in ring. They're not great at any one particular thing, but they're fantastic at every, everything. I'm not a fan of the Disarmor either, but you cannot tell me that that bitch don't look cool. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, a, funny thing about, a funny thing about, about Becky, um, uh, as I've mentioned before on the first episode, I haven't talked about it much here, but I watch a lot of wrestling with my family. And my daughter is, my daughter Audrey, she's seven years old and she's redheaded. And the first person she gravitated to when we started watching wrestling together was Becky Lynch. She looks like her, you know, and she looks cool. She's the man, you know, like I, I got like the first shirt I got her was the man shirt because Becky's the man, you know, you can't, those are things you cannot deny. If you want to talk about bringing new people into watching wrestling, new fans, younger fans, Becky's someone you start with. I mean, regardless, she's been gone a while, but when she comes back, I don't think we're going to see much. Ch- if she comes back, if she decides to, I don't think we're going to see much change in that. Mr. You know, Mr. Irvin, do me a favor. Yeah, tell the good people what I bu- what I bought Audrey for for Christmas. <laughs> so Audrey got the well, one she got the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship belt, and she got the the so man, SmackDown is a favorite show. Yeah, and she got the man plushie. Right. So, and she got the man T-shirt. Uncle Rance knows what yeah. his niece wants. Yeah, and it, it's she. To this day, we have not seen Becky in almost a year, and Audrey still talks about Becky. When Becky shows up, I think she's going to lose her mind. To be honest with you, I'm I'm waiting for it. Like, I'm not the biggest Becky Lynch fan on the planet, but when Becky shows up and I see my kid pop. For Becky, I'm going to pop. You know what I mean? So I think that says a lot about who Becky is. So um, before we get to our final two, I want to mention one person that's not on this list. Um, And that person is Brock Lesnar. Mm, Yeah. I was wondering if you were going to jump on that one or not. Yeah, and I want to mention why I didn't add him. I wanted to show respect, with the exception of one person, You'll know who that is when we get there. Um, I wanted to show respect to the full-time talent. Brock Lesnar, while an important major part of the WWE and is a full-time wrestler, is not a full-time WWE talent and um, hasn't wrestled much. In fact, hasn't wrestled at all since WrestleMania 36. Been a year. One year. Um, And Unlike Becky, who wrestled every night for years and years and years, especially when she was carrying that championship, Brock was still full-time. And I'd be curious to know where we put him. We may do that and talk about that at the, at the last uh, recap episode. 
Um, but I didn't want to put him on this list for that purpose. I wanted to continue to prop up the people who were there all year. And consistently yeah, that's fair. I think that's fair. And before we, I mean, when we do the recap, at the end of all this, I think Brock Lesnar would be up there pretty high. <laughs> but well, the re- that, that final show is going to be the top 10 of all WWE. So what we'll do is what we'll do uh, is let's do a, let's do a uh, let's do a total package for him and save it for the last show and see where okay. he would have listed. Yeah, that's fair. I like it. It's a good idea. Now, now speaking of Brock Lesnar, the last person to see Brock Lesnar left him laying, and that is the former WWE champion and arguably the face of the company. Number two is the Scottish Terminator, Mr. Drew McIntyre. Um, I gave him a 91 cumulatively, and Carl gave him an 88 cumulatively, which gave Drew McIntyre, on average, an 8.95, almost was a nine, uh, 90 player. Almost was, was a, 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 had a nine, which there's not many of those. Uh, Drew's killing it, man. Um, Drew is the man. I think there's no doubting that this was the year of Drew. Um, there's a lot of MVPs you could talk about. Bailey's probably one of them. Oscar's another one. You mentioned Cesaro, absolutely is one of them. But my God, was it where the WWE would have been without Drew McIntyre this year? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one thing that the thing about Drew just without talking about all the rankings and stuff is drew is our COVID champion, right? <laughs> he is. Yeah. He won the yeah. title in front of no fans. He had, he's won. He's had two championship reigns now with no fans. He, he, he is to me the most unfortunate champion maybe ever because you and I were there at the Royal rumble when he won, when he eliminated Brock Lesnar, and then a few minutes later, when he won it, Drew McIntyre was a made man that night. And it was all a matter of not if, but it was a matter of when. Drew was yeah. going to win that title in front of the world, in front of everyone. He was going to get the Kofi Kingston kind of pop, maybe, you know, the Daniel Bryan pop for winning that title. And it never happened because of COVID 19. Yeah, man. And, man, like, I love Drew. I really do. He gets a lot. Lately, I think there's been a little bit of Drew burnout, maybe. You see a lot of it on social media. People are like, eh, Drew, whatever. Um, I'm, I disagree personally. I know that my kid loves Drew McIntyre. That's the other person that she wanted merchandise of was Drew. So I know what the kids see. And I, when in doubt, I defer to the kids. Because the kids are the real smart fans of wrestling, in my opinion. And I just think that he has, when you look at Drew McIntyre, he looks intimidating. The presence, the look, the entrance, you know, if entrance was a ranking with the sword and everything, there's no doubt about it, right? He is a super bona fide superstar. And it's so cool because... Think about where he came from, right? As the chosen one, and that didn't work out. Three man band, and then TNA, and and here we are now. Drew McIntyre finally 
did he figure it out or did the company figure it out? I don't know. No, he figured it out. But he, he's awesome. He figured it out. Yeah, yeah and, and it works for him. And I think two is a great spot. You could argue one, I think, probably. But I think when we get to one, oh, you'll understand yeah. why you can't. But Drew McIntyre, is, he's, like you said, arguably the face of the company. He's the biggest baby face we have, you know? Um, yeah, no, I, Drew McIntyre is the poster child for two things in WWE. Number one, he's a poster child for you work hard enough, shit will come to you. Yep. And uh, that there's no diss to anybody else because all these dudes work hard. But that sure. dude worked fucking hard. Secondly, he is the poster child for, you know what? There's life, life, just because you leave the WWE, there's life after WWE, and you can come back. But go, as, and every wrestler that's been released will tell you, Triple H will tell you in interviews, Regal will tell you, Terry Taylor will tell you, Tom Pritchard will tell you, all the, um, uh, A-Train will tell you, everybody who's ever been involved, Steve Kern, will tell you, all, anybody who's ever been involved with the Tommy Dreamer, will, uh, Jim Ross, John Laurinaitis, they'll all tell you the one thing you're told when you leave, especially if you got turned down for whatever reason, is go make yourself. Mm-hmm. We'll find you. Vince ain't never closed the door on a motherfucker before. No. Only person, only person he closed the door on killed his wife and his son. Yeah. Everybody else has been brought back. No matter what they did to him. They tried to ruin his life. They tried to kill his empire. He brought them back because it made good business sense. Yep. He sees dollar signs. That's... He sees. And he has a respect. This is going to sound. This is going to go over great with the IWC. He has a respect for the, for the business. Right. Right. So if, for example, Bruno San Martino, he never had to make up a Bruno. He never had to. Yeah. But he, and shout out to Triple H for, for brokering that. But Vince understood that when, when Triple H said, I, want, I think we should put Bruno in the Hall of Fame, Vince was like, absolutely. And he's the headliner instantly because he knew what Bruno meant to the business and to the company. Yeah. So I say all that to say this. First time I've said that all series, by the way. I know, and I'm upset. I need to hear it more. Uh, well, we'll get there. We got, we got a few more shows. <laughs> um, Drew was let go for every if you listen to him he he takes the blame for, for it another thing people don't do a lot of people who get released like to blame WWE for that he took, he took responsibility for his release and why he got released with the things that were going on in his life and he took it and he, and he did everything he could to remake himself become a better performer become a better wrestler become a bigger star and he went to ICW and fucking killed. And he went to Evolve. And he fucking killed. And he went to TNA and fucking killed. To the point where he was undeniable. Yep. And now you look at what's happened. Yeah, the, the journey, man. Like, there's... It's, it's a great comeback story. Like, in terms of... If you think WWE is the pinnacle of a wrestling career... <laughs> That's funny. Right. That's funny because when you, th- when you say pinnacle in this day and age, the thought process is AW and MJF. Right. So it, I find it funny because you said we think of WWE. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, but if you, if you if you look at WWE as like 
the highest you can get, winning that championship or being the guy in WWE, Drew McIntyre at one point was in three-man band. Just think about that. Look, Jinder Mahal, greatest WWE champion of all time. <laughs> right? But... <laughs> Wait, I got, Indian WWE champion of all time. I finally sure. got I finally got Reyes to give me that good laugh. That, that, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. So, but being serious, he went from three man band to released to the top of the mountain. Brock Lesnar, you know, like I mean, taking out Brock Lesnar to be the WWE champion. Not many people get to do that. Five minutes, no less. Yeah, and he, hell, he main evented with the Big Show. You know, this is this. <laughs> Anyways, no, for real. Drew McIntyre, man, I love him. I think he's getting a little bit of unwarranted heat right now just because of the fact that you got that year of Drew McIntyre. Basically, people are a little burnt out. And you know how wrestling fans are. We're very fickle, as environmental Daniel Bryan might tell you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a good spot for him. Being number two on the number two show right now isn't a bad thing. So. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, I just appreciate the journey, like you said. I appreciate that he he has set the blueprint for success, uh, in the right way to do it. And he's also worked at his craft enough, and he is reaping everything he's sown because not only was he the WWE champion for majority majority of his time, not only did he Garner Vince is trusting enough to let Vince say through it, just be who you are. But now on top of that, he's not just a he's not just a wrestling star. He's a star star. Because yeah. like he's hanging out with superstars, Matthew McConaughey and the like. He's got his own uh, television show on the network. He's um smoozing with uh, Shaq at uh, the Super Bowl, being the leader of one of his teams at the Shaq Bowl. Like he he truly is taking solace and appreciation in the championship and the and the work part of being a WWE champion. Yeah. A lot of a lot of top guys, WWE champions, don't want to do the extra stuff that comes with it. The 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 media, the meet and greets, the early mornings to do uh to talk to the local news or you gotta go to this place or this place, you know. Something that John Cena reveled in. Something that The Miz is greater than anybody else in the business right now other than Cena is, is that. Drew is excelling in that. So um, he made himself over. And I, I appreciate that. Um, you ready for number one, sir? There can only be one. I, if you haven't figured it out by now. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you've been listening and, and you're like, where I'm, we're missing someone. Our number one and the first 90-plus total package wrestler that we have encountered. The best wrestler on Raw, according to the data, is the Viper, Randy Orton. I gave Randy a 93. Carl gave him a 91, which gives him a 9.2 average. And almost assuredly puts him in the top 10 of, of uh, WWE total. Where he'll land in that top 10, uh, we'll see. 
But Randy Orton, you know, when you think of, we spoke about it um, on the intro show, the last episode, that no, Randy exudes psychology. But yes. I, 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 I would implore anybody listening to this to go watch Randy's Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold. I haven't because, watched that yet. Man, look, if you want to be a wrestler, if you ever wanted to be a wrestler, if you care about wrestling more than just seeing two guys do some stuff, I you it is a must watch because they they gave more game in that they gave you more game in that two hours than most training most two year training classes will do. And Randy Orton is a guy who I hate I hate to keep using this cliche, but gets it. And the one thing Randy spoke about this ad nauseum on the Broken Skull sessions with Stone Cold is that he he knew he could go have a great match like that. He knew he could turn it on just like that. He knows that he has the presence. He can be a heel or a face at a whim. He's learned all these things. But the one thing he never cared about was his promos. What's the one thing that he has worked on in the past two years and gotten really good and 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 really interesting at over the past two years is his promos. And that's the reason why he both he got a 90 by both of us because he upped every game and his media presence off the chain because he's killing the shot of Soldier Boy. So I know. He he ain't over that yet. Uh so I just want to say this about Randy Orton. I have said this to you, I've said it to multiple people that I am friends with that are wrestling fans. And I'm going to say it right now on this show. I don't care if anybody likes it or not. Motivated Randy Orton. Top of his game, Randy Orton, is one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Period. Randy Orton, when he wants to be, Randy Orton is as good as it gets. If you like it, fine. If you don't, fine. I'm just letting you know how I feel about it. That guy, when he is at the top of his game, there are very few who are better. He is great at literally everything. We talked about the mic work, right? And that is the one thing about Randy that I think we would all agree. Like, his lowest score, for, uh, for me at least, well, I mean, he has multiple eights on my scores, but microphone work is one of them. And it probably would have been less if you asked me a year or two ago. But, you know, Randy is one of these guys, like, he looks looks every bit (laughs) what a wrestler should look like. The guy can go in the ring. The psychology is unmatched. He is, his his music, his entrance, the whole thing, the whole presentation of Randy Orton is as good as it gets. And this is, he deserves this spot. You're going to be hard pressed to get into an argument with me if any if anybody thinks that that Randy shouldn't be the number one guy at least on Raw. Let's have that conversation. You know, I just don't know that I can see anybody else on this roster and say, yeah, they should definitively be above Randy Orton. And I just think that he's in a place right now where I feel like he really has let go of being 
egotistical, which he's had problems with in the past, and complacent, maybe, where he's had problems in the past. And he's the same guy who once said he would love to work a program with a guy like Jinder Mahal, right? And he, he's put over guys like that for WWE championships. Like Randy Orton, he does what he's supposed to do. He's the, outside of John Cena, he might be the perfect businessman or the undertaker, right? But like, he's one of those guys, like he is all about the business. And I just think that, you know, there's, there's very little argument here about who the number one guy is and should be. I completely agree with you, man. Um, you know, the beautiful thing about Randy is he shows you that growth doesn't just have to happen when you're younger. Yeah. You no, know, we expect that a lot of these guys grow, only can grow when they get when they're younger. Um, and that when you get older, you're kind of, what is the trope? Old dog can't learn new tricks. Well, can't Randy, teach old dog new tricks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Randy took criticisms and decided to get better. He was in his comfort zone and would have been in his bag for the rest of his career, would have made a couple million dollars a year, had his great matches, and just coasted forever. But he chose not do that, double down, and, quite frankly, become the best wrestler and the closest thing to a perfect wrestler on the Raw roster according to the Total Package Series. Your number one wrestler in the Total Package Series for, for, the, for the Raw brand is the Viper Randy Orton. Um, Well-deserved. Clap, clap, clap. To give you that list again, that's number 10 is Sheamus with the 7.95. Number 9 is Rhea Ripley with the 7.95. Number 8 is your WWE champion Bobby Lashley with the uh, 8.05. AJ Styles is number 7. 8.45. Charlotte Flair is number six, 8.55. Mustafa Lee in the surprise of the series so far. Number five with the 8.65. Ray Wyatt also with 8.65 at number four. The man Becky Lynch, a year of not wrestling, still 8.85 at number three. Drew McIntyre, 8.95 at number two. And Randy Orton, 9.2, the number one wrestler on Raw. Um, let us know what you think. We'll tweet these this list out for sure. Um, and now knowing what you know, now I'll be curious to see what you guys think with MVP, Naomi and the Miz being 11, 12, and 13 with Alexa missing, with a guy like Kofi missing, with Oscar being as low as we put her. Be curious to see now your full thoughts knowing where we put things. Um, but I think things turned out pretty accurately. I would venture to think and it only gets bigger and better from here. Raw got the lowest cumulative scores. So SmackDown and NXT is going to be wild. Yeah, and you know, the funny thing about Raw is I think we, we did that list first. And I think, as and also, we, like we mentioned, it feels like the weaker show of the three. So there's 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 some differences there. But even looking at Randy Orton, and I'm just looking at our SmackDown list, so it's like a little teaser. Randy was is still pretty damn high, <laughs> you know. Like if you if you uh, out of cumulative scores, he's still pretty high. So, and Drew McIntyre is still also these guys would make our top five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of these other lists as well. So, 
we'll try to see how it, how it goes, you know. But I think um, when you go through the list, there might be a little argument. Like you said before, someone like Asuka, uh, MVP, these guys, maybe they cracked that top ten. But I think we pretty much I, – I feel like overall the arguments for the guys that are in the top three are pretty solid, top three to five. All right. Well, um, on the next episode, of course, we're going to be breaking down the SmackDown roster, the top 10 of that show. Um, like I said, like I alluded to before, the, them, bo- them boys and girls out there got some scores. <laughs> uh, so be looking forward for that. Um, of course, all of this will be tweeted out at our main Twitter for the show, Outsiders HCS. Um, keep, keep a lookout for that. Um, you can find the show, of course, and you'll see all of the tweets with, we're going to tweet out the top 10 individually and you'll see them and their scores cumulatively. Um, of course you can find us at, uh, the chairshot.com and at chairshot media. Um, also don't forget to go to progressantees.com slash the chairshot and buy some shirts that helps fund this, uh, venture. Um, and we got a million great things for you over here at the Chair Shot. We are busting our ass to give you guys great quality, and and we're damn proud of it, and we're very happy to do it. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, of course, you can follow me at it's Ray Cash, R E Y Z Mysterio C A S H as in dollars. And Carl, tell them where they can yell at you at. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, my media presence would be like a two, which you, can, <laughs> I mean, you can, that's you a can, lie. Uh, that's, the that's the only 10 you got big dog <laughs> you can find me on twitter at outsider curve and k-e-r-v-i-n uh we want to hear from you guys like like he said you know we want to hear what you guys think about our top 10 we want to know what you think about the people we left out is there someone on that roster where you're like well shit what about dana brooke let us know if you got a problem tell us let's talk yeah. about it let me tell y'all dana brooke almost got a got a three average yeah <laughs> He's terrible. I look, man. Look, I, that's why I said her name there on that one. Just, just to rile the fan base up a little bit, you know. Yeah, but like you said, let us know. Yeah, if if you if you think Dana Brooke deserves higher, maybe Dana Brooke's a top ten wrestler to you. Let us know. We want to know all your opinions, all and, the and, ideas. And also, if there's someone that we haven't talked about yet, and you're curious about their score. Let me know. We will we will let you know where we ranked them, what we what we thought about them. Uh, there's lots of people on that roster, on all these rosters, who who will probably not even get a mention. So just let us know, and we will tell you what we think about them. Yes, sir. Uh, so once again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, look forward to the next episode, breaking down the SmackDown roster. Remember to always use your head, and. Um, Last thought, sir. Well, we here at the Outsiders. No, not doing it. (laughs) We'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening.